the computer really is a short-lived thing as far as freedom goes. It was meant to get us all sucked in to use it, so it's absolutely vital to have to exist in today's society, especially more so when they go completely cashless by law, which is coming up. The big bankers have already published. They hope to be cashless within another five to seven years across the planet. So it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do so, as I say, by doing that, or you can donate to me through PayPal. You can also purchase through PayPal if you want to send me a separate email, and I'll know who it's from and what to do with the order. We'll be back with more after these messages. Empire was to be a nucleus of a system 
that the League of Nations was founded upon, and it became the United Nations. Today we call it globalization. And centralization was the key to the strategy. Karl Marx did not work alone in a little room in poverty by any means at all. This was a, an agenda written by and planned by much bigger heads than he had, and his was big enough. And they do plan ages, like any big business plan. What surprised me, even with corporations, when you get talking to some of the top fellows, they'll tell you that their business plans include whom they hope to take over, their rivals, in the next 20 years, 30 years, 40, 50 years. Long-term goals, long-term plans. But they knew they'd get to a stage where uh, they want a manageable population. Too many people, you see, kept in a state of poverty tend to become agitated and sometimes they'll have rebellions that are out of their control. The best way to deal with that is to have a totally controlled, observed, watched, monitored society with a, with a vastly reduced population. But they also, also coupled it so well with science and progress. Science. They also attacked on Darwinism. Marx, in fact, uh, wanted to dedicate, I think it was his second or third edition of his Communist Manifesto. It wasn't his, he was just the guy who penned it for, the, for his masters. But he wanted to, to dedicate it to, to Darwin, Charles Darwin, because he said it validated the whole theory of Marxism, of, of this ideal of material progress and science together, coupling superior types that always lead the world. The same kind of thing that Nietzsche went on about with Superman. I always say that Nazism did not start in Germany. It was all borrowed by Germany. It started off in London, England. I used to wonder, too, why the elite of London had so much in common with the, the elite, the Brahmin class of India. And until you look into the history of India, and you see it's a caste system, a rigid caste, which is a class system. Rigid. Completely inflexible. If you're born in the lower caste, you can't kind of work your way up to the top one. It's, just, it's not done. And it's the same in Britain. Britain, like all elitists at the top, actually become effeminate in some ways. They altered, become affected, as the term. They even changed their accent to differentiate themselves from everyone else down below them. What's comical is that the court of Britain, for instance, talked in, in French for centuries because they were controlled by the Normans. And it was the in thing to learn French if you wanted to work at the courts. Everyone emulates the guy in charge, you see. Or the woman. In dress, fashion, all the rest of it. Sometimes when the woman is like a man, you, be, you get this odd stuff with lace coming out and tights for men. That's how crazy it becomes. It's all emulation of the top dog. And when King George came in from Prussia, and the present kings and queens of Europe, pretty well, uh, who are all related, came from that area, uh, that their name was, 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 um, was Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. These are the names of the areas they controlled, their families controlled in Germany, Prussia, 
and the different areas that became Germany. Saxe, Coburg, Gotha, they changed it to Windsor in World War I because when they were fighting the Germans, it was kind of odd to have you swear allegiance to the king who technically was German or Prussian. But when King George came in, and we're talking about the same King George of the, of the revolutionary fame, the U.S., he couldn't speak English. He had to be taught it. And because of his accent, and because the courtiers around them copied the accent, because he's a top dog, you see, he ended up with this new kind of English like that. And people say they're giving him, instead of I'm going home, I'm giving him. And it's an affected speech that everyone emulated. If you want to be at the top, you've got to emulate the guy at the top. And your dress, your mannerisms, and even your speech. This is how crazy society is. Other countries do the same kind of thing. But probably none so much as Britain. Went to extraordinary lengths to do it, to differentiate themselves from the masses they ruled over. But, as I say, facts don't matter in, in this world anymore of bombardment of data. Because of that, simple propaganda with repetition has such an incredible permanent effect on us. We don't stop and quiz things. The average person out there truly questions nothing that comes across general mainstream media. The media is the middleman. That's what media means, middle. Its job is to peddle disinformation or make information more palatable, but never telling you the, whole, the truth behind it, um, to the people below them. It's authorized. They're licensed corporations. You don't get a license if, if, you, if your question is to, if you want to start up a, a, a broadcasting station or a newspaper, you don't get a license if you say, well, I'm going to tell the people the truth about things. If you say that, and even if you got a license, and I'd change your mind and say, well, I'm going to tell them the truth, and you got a license, you wouldn't get in to Parliament to listen to the guys debating. You wouldn't get into their little clubs when they're doing chit-chat. You wouldn't even get into a courtroom. Every reporter knows that. Every editor knows that. Every newspaper owner knows that. Why do you think the big magnets, they call them magnets, media magnets or moguls, why do you think they're all knighted? Regardless of the country they come from, they go over and get knighted by the Queen. It's because the media is the most essential arm of control after education, because they take over once you've had your indoctrination, they call it education. The media takes over and lets you all know all that you need to know, according to the masters above them. Once in a while, they'll give you incredible truth, generally 50 years, 60 years after an official secret act is up, and a new generation has grown up, and nobody cares what happened back at yonder. It's like ancient history to a young generation. Facts don't matter anymore. We're given propaganda, and perceptions are always distorted by design, by professionals who understand the techniques of controlling the mind of the masses. I've mentioned Bernays so many times, people should read his books. I've got the links, too, to the videos where you can listen to his daughter and others talk about him. The man hated the masses. Why did he hate them? Because, remember, he also was a nephew of Freud, 
these guys were sent out to alter the perceptions of the planet. All of these guys that were related to Freud. And Bernays literally altered the culture in America into a commercialized process by understanding the the techniques of mind control, you might say, by titillating the senses, you could also say, suppressed desires. But even his daughter says the man hated the masses because they were so easily manipulated. He 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 came to despise them. Because it was so easy to watch millions of people buy the things and do the things and behave the way that you told them to. Back with more after this break. cutting through the matrix, just touching on how masses of people in countries and across the world are influenced by a small coterie of people, very wealthy, who understand the techniques of selling initially, selling you things, commerce, by playing on unconscious desires. But they can also turn you into nations in a world of pretty well infantile imbeciles that's part of the agenda it's much easier to control people who are made egocentric the world revolves around them in their own little happy world where they can play and borrow money through credit cards that kind of stuff that's that's what was presented to them for a while to keep them happy and to teach them to be eternal children don't get involved in what's happening in the world or politics it's it's above you it's left to special people who come out of special wombs, and they're up there somewhere. You'll never see them except on TV, some of them, but you'll never meet them either. And they're specialized in, in, in taking care of big problems like Daddy would. That's what they've created across the world. Exactly what the big boys wrote about, like Lord Bertrand Russell. He says we must create an egocentric culture and make them egocentric. They, they did it long ago, long ago. Starting with the creation of a youth culture for the first time. And telling them, you're different from your parents. This is your time. They did that as far back as the 1920s, the so-called Roaring Twenties. Came back in the 60s with the pill at the same time and drugs and pop music, turned into rock music. And they were on a true roll from then on. Now people are terrified of getting a wrinkle once they're past 30. You'll see elderly women and some guys with faces like stretched mummies from Egypt with all the faceless because they're terrified of getting old. In this culture, you see, you're not supposed to. If you're old, you don't count. Everybody on TV now, everybody, and all these silly dramas and, and the movies you have, it's all youngsters. It's a matter of showing you hospital scenes or detective scenes. The guy in charge is about 20. That's how they appear. And that's not by mistake. As you get to, everyone used to the idea, if you're over a certain age, you're over the hill. You don't count. Just, just play, do some woodworking in your shed and, and go to sleep. That's what you're telling. That's what you're told, you see. 
Meanwhile, look at who really rules the world. Look how old they are. Look at the Maurice Strongs. Look at the Rockefeller at 94 trot across the planet to make sure we're all globalized under his direction, bringing down the populations and all. Old people run this world. Well, they create a youth culture for the rest. Be a perpetual Peter Pan. Never grow up. Don't get involved and play till you die. One time you could go to elderly people and ask for wisdom. That was so essential. And of course the communist societies knew, they were taught this, to destroy the bonding between the generations. You can't have wise people passing on information that's relevant to their survival to the younger generations. Separate them all. Let the state take care of them once they're a certain age. Push your granny in the hospital or your mum or your dad. Put them in a, an old folks home. I call them the exit homes, not retirement homes. Exit them. That's what they do. Nothing's by chance. There's an article here from Mail Online to show you one of the, the, the premier liars that, that were chosen for this particular task. I wouldn't say he's exceptionally bright at all, but uh, he definitely is well-connected and groomed by Armand Hammer. You can look into his history if you care. We'll go into it tonight. Mail Online, and it's from the 16th today. It says, Inconvenient truth for Al Gore as he's caught exaggerating the threat of global warming again. Very polite language uh, they use for certain people. It says here, Green Crusader Al Gore was at the center of a new spin row last night after he was caught out for a second time exaggerating the threat of global warming. In a keynote speech at the Copenhagen Talks, the former, they always say this, the former U.S. Vice President, he had plenty of ice involved, certainly, claimed the North Pole could be completely free of ice by the middle of the next decade. He claimed a study showed, a study that he was using his quoting from, showed a 75% chance, chance, <laughs> that the Arctic could be ice-free, of their wording, they're, they're all lawyers, eh? in the summer months within five to seven years. However, Dr. Wieslav Maslowski, the study's author, said his research revealed nothing of the sort. Dr. Maslowski of the U.S. Naval Postgraduate School in California said, I would never estimate likelihood to anything as exact as this. It's unclear how this was arrived at. Well, we know how it was arrived at. The god Gore here just decided to make it so. It says his comments are likely to embarrass Mr. Gore. I don't think Mr. Gore could be embarrassed about anything. He's psychopathic. They don't get embarrassed. So Gore says, who has been accused of scaremongering? Oh, heaven forbid he'd never do that. He'd do anything to get this agenda through. That's his task. He was given his quest. That's what the big boys told him to do. This is his whole task. Two years ago, a high court judge ruled his Oscar-winning documentary, Oscar-winning, eh? An Inconvenient Truth, boy, a lot of payoffs made that, the Oscars. An Inconvenient Truth was alarmist and contained nine scientific errors. Well, that's how you sway reality. You put the errors in there, don't you? Uh, it never ends, does it? it? Never ends. I'll be back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about some of the big psychopaths like Mr. Gore, Al Gore. I call Mr. Allegory. Uh, it's more appropriate, really. And how he, he lies constantly, but it doesn't matter because there's a big agenda, you see, to cover his tracks and, and make sure that he keeps going. Big, big agenda, big money. But also says in this, this, uh, little, this little writing here from the mail, it says, it's the latest embarrassment for Gore, an outspoken environmental campaigner. He'd be anything he was told to be. It says, who has earned millions of pounds from green investments. He's also earned millions by putting the carbon credit through his own business and writing off his own carbon output. It says, and faced repeated criticism for scaremongering. Well, that's his job. The court said copies of the film, that was that inconvenient lies, sent to secondary schools should be accompanied with notes to balance Gore's views. Why didn't they throw it out altogether? It's because, you see, the academia is all on board with this. They get their orders, too, from the top, just like Mr. Gore did. That's why. Now, Article 2, I won't go through it, but uh, Time magazine made Mr. Bernanke, I think, the man of the decade. Mr. Bernanke that robs the banky. They made him man of the, the decade. So he's up here with all the other um, criminals, because Time also had Adolf Hitler as man of the year twice in the, in the 30s. Mussolini, I think, was there, and uh, Stalin even at one point. So, you know, you, you know what you're looking at when you see these folk getting these awards and all the rest of it, and, and they're pinned up as man or of the year or the decade. They're joining the list of criminals that run the world. They're getting the top honors. They're glad to be there getting these the criminal awards, you see. It's like, it's like, look at the history of the Nobel Peace Prize. Look at Nobel himself that started it up. He made millions and millions and millions because he came up with the idea for high explosive just in time for World War I. He made a killing of it, literally a killing, massive killing. And then puts up a foundation for peace. Now remember what they mean by peace at the top. What was a communist definition of peace? Every front group they had was for peace. This for peace, that for peace. Christians for peace, blah, blah, blah. Front groups galore. Peace was the absence of all opposition. You've got to understand their terminology if you don't want to get tripped up. I've said too that in the U.S., just like Britain, you've had a succession of parties that are meant to fool the people for as long as they need you to believe in parties by right wing and left wing. And Bush's job was to go in and bring in the whole totalitarian system that Clinton tried to put in when he was in there prior to that too. Clinton tried to get an omnibus crime bill passed when he was in, meaning martial law, with all the stuff on the books. It was passed, by the way, in Canada at the same time, the real one. They actually passed it. One man rammed it through Alan Rock, who was, who was a minister in charge of um, the, the, uh, the justice system at the time. Once he had it rammed through, he ran off to work at the United Nations. Mr. Rock was founded on the right, Rock all right, and his... His, his future was guaranteed. But in the States, Clinton tried to pass it through, and I think the Congress supported it down, and bang, that weekend, Oklahoma City went up, and bang, it was passed on the Monday. 
That's what they do. That's what they do when they want something through. But they didn't get it all through, you see. So 9-11 had to come along. Remember, the century, as they told us, was to start with the 21st century. That's the true beginning of the millennium. And 2001 came along, and bang, they got their job done. Jack and, and Boaz, the, the two towers came down, twin towers, they came down. And immediately every, every country in the world signed the same anti-terrorism bills that literally restrict everybody's freedom, all your freedoms, immediately. Meaning it was all planned and discussed beforehand because bureaucrats across the world don't get together and decide things on the spot. It takes them years to implement stuff and get it all ready. Every company went into action at the same time with the same thing. So he set up the system of internal security in the United States, you see. And then they put in Obama, who's to promote change. Remember all the sheep changes, good changes, good, bah, 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 like Orwell's sheep and animal farm. Never asking what the changes were going to be, because sheep don't think to ask. And slogans went out in the end, as Lenin said. And Obama's job was to utilize the military police state that Bush had set up and continue the same foreign policy. People will remember that the new American century that was set up by not just Bush and Cheney and Wolfowitz and Richard Perrell and Rumsfeld and all these guys, the project for the new American century. It was literally worked out long before that, and during Reagan's day, by someone who wasn't even in the Republican Party, not that really Reagan was either, and that was Jean Kirkpatrick, who went to, um, as Yipsil, I think it was called, you know, the young people's, it was really a communist uh, schooling she was given, for the left-wingers, supposedly. And she came up with the idea um, that uh, the U.S. would have such a job uh, taking over from Britain with its world empire system, that they'd have to, um, rather than go over there and have a war with this country and come back again, it would cost so much, why not set up permanent bases to each one they conquer? And that's why Reagan brought her on board with this policy. That was taken up again as it transformed into the, the policy for New American Century, carried through the Bush era, and Obama's carrying it through this one. So it's a continuation of policies. There's no difference, difference at all and his parties and I've said that for years there's only one agenda and the game is played at the top for the public to keep voting otherwise you might riot thinking my god there's only one party in control what happens when you've got one system party you've got communism, Sovietization that's what you got that's the only one they allow when they're Sovietized so they keep the con game going and at the time, it said in the New American century, they'd have to take out Afghanistan. Uh, they're followed by Iraq, then Iran, and then Syria, in that order. What did they do with, we know what they done well, what they done with uh, Afghanistan. Uh, but they also took out Iraq, because Bush said to the world, that was good enough for the world. Well, I took him out, really, because he was a bad man. Not because he had anything to do with 9-11. He was a bad man, they said at the, the hearing and inquiry. And that was good enough for the public. Uh, so billions of bucks went into taking out a bad man. 
uh, and their oil as well, of course, plus the U.S. taxpayer built all the brand-new refineries that the Air Force were told to destroy because the refineries were obsolete. And recently I read an article where the big boys, Exxon and so on, all got these new refineries given to them uh, for, uh, for, uh, from the U.S. taxpayer, courtesy U.S. taxpayer. But I've got Iran to go for now as well. Now, when they had to go into Iraq, they created the circumstances for it. They went through the usual protocols, and the UN kept saying there's no weapons of mass destruction and all that kind of stuff. But that, that didn't matter because facts don't matter just like Gore, Al Gore. Facts don't matter when there's an agenda. And, so they were, and now they're doing the same thing with Iran. They've known for years, and they, remember Iran didn't say we're building a nuclear reactor to get electrical power like so many other countries. They applied at the United Nations and Atomic Energy Commission for their license and so on, and they got it, and they've been inspected ever since. But that's not good enough. Facts don't matter when you want to go in in a war. And after all, you've had this big business um, plan worked out of taking down one country after another for years sitting there, so you must go into Iran next. That's how the world is run. So this is an article from, it was, it was out by Google, the Associated Press, the Associated Press, by Jim Abrams, uh, 22 hours ago, it says here. It says, Washington, the House voted Tuesday to impose new economic sanctions on Iran as lawmakers cast doubt on Iran's willingness to respond to diplomatic efforts to curtail its purported nuclear arms program. So they're, they're not making uh, nuclear energy for electricity. No, it, it's nuclear arms. Same spiel as we got with Iran, with Iraq, you see. The legislation approved 412 to 12 would end access to U.S. markets for foreign companies selling refined petroleum products to Iran or helping that country develop its petroleum capacity. While Iran is a major crude oil producer, its lack of ability to produce enough gasoline and other refined petroleum products is a major economic vulnerability. Remember, economic warfare is the first step they use in sanctions. They starve the people to death. They say that I think 500,000 to a million people were starved to death when they put the sanctions on Iraq over the years before they did their final invasion. And Madeleine Albright, Madeleine Albright, that's now appointed to NATO, by the way, uh, said on television when she was asked if that was a, an appropriate uh, technique to use on people starving, men, women, and children. They could even get um, medical aid to them, antibiotics, never mind food. She says, yes, it's quite acceptable, without blinking an eye, because she's another one of these intergenerational psychopaths, whose grandpa was the best power on the Stalin for one of the countries, the communist countries, by the way. So here they go. They want to do the same technique in Iran. You see, starve them. And you can see a, a country... Uh, this is not a bunch of people walking around there with long robes and, and um, sitting in black tents. It's a first world country. Tehran is not a bunch of shacks put together like South Africa, some parts of South Africa. The people are well educated there. They sent doctors and scientists all over the world from there. And they're going to bring it down to a third world country by the same technique of demonizing the enemy. I can remember Ronald Reagan that demonized two people in his time as the, as the great Satan. Saddam Hussein was one of them. Then he changed his gun sights on Russia, and it was, it was the Russians who were the great Satan. 
Remember what George Orwell said, who we find today, East Asia, West Asia, you better learn quickly or you get tortured. You're supposed to, it's supposed to be always the one they tell you. As Ronald Reagan would say, well, it was always the Soviets. Or it was always, it was always um, the other one too, or which one he chose. And Bush is the same. The same technique is going to be used. So thousands of people, maybe half a million, or maybe more, are going to be starved. And what they hope to say here is it will draw, cause so much hardship amongst people in, in Iran, uh, they hope that there are soft techniques that Brzezinski called them, meaning all the non-governmental organizations that have been set up through the universities through infiltration and through the sending in of agents. And I've read the articles from the White House and the Pentagon that are actually into this kind of stuff and the CIA declassified. I've read this on the air before. They've already sent these guys in with lots of cash to set up people to protest and try to overthrow those in charge. That's the standard technique that they use. But in the meantime, they want to starve as many people to death as possible. It's either starve to death or overthrow the guy that we don't want there. That's the, that's the attitude of those who rule. Rule the U.S. As opposed to govern. I'll put these links up, remember, on my show at the end of the night, if I can get enough speed up from ExploreNet. Anyone who wants high-speed don't get ExploreNet. It begins with an X. They can't even spell right. It's, it's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T, ExploreNet. Don't get it because it's a con game. I'm on high speed. They've come me back twice now, three times, till I crawl. I'm, I'm just twice that of dial-up. That's all I get. They take the same cash. But then again, I'm on the air, and I shouldn't be saying what I'm saying in a British Commonwealth country. And someone from the old boys' club obviously talked to someone and explored that who rents space from Hughes Satellite uh, Corporation that runs the military satellites. It's the same satellites, actually, that ExploreNet's going through. So you see how it really, really works in the real world. So don't get to ExploreNet, whatever you do. And I'll keep saying that until they take this lock off me. I can't even download my own show. That's the speed I get. Uploading takes twice as, as long, and they're hoping it'll just drive me under, basically. Rather than take three, four hours to upload to all the sites, you're going to take eight hours. That's the techniques that they use in real life. They don't go through companies and legalities. They just do the dirty on you. So, I've always said that Britain is a country people should really watch. It's almost like watching fiction, even for me. Uh, to get the reports coming in from Britain. Some people send me discs. Which I can't even watch a video here. I haven't been able for months. They'll burn this and pass them to me. And I see what's happening in Britain with the police state that they had. I mean police state. Where gangs, gangs, scores and scores of police cars set up these hit runs on whole areas like, like um, counties, lock everything down, and persecute the mortars like crazy for the slightest thing. And they all talk about quotas, but they actually do have quotas to fulfill. And they'll get you on something. They can get you on anything if they want to. There's always something they can get you on. Your license plate is squint, something like that, you know. Well, it's a bit of dirt on one number. Uh, did you did deliberately obscure that? I'm not joking. And if you question these guys, who, by the way, swear at the public, 
because they, they really feel they're on a power trip now. They're in a police state. They can do what they want. They swear at the public. I've got videos of them doing this. Videos, apparently, that were shown on national television in their version of cops. And no one objects. You get fined if your garbage bin is... The, the lid isn't on it properly. Or if you put the wrong recycling stuff in one bin or another. The children are paid by the counties, by the thousands, paid to snitch on the people. But here's where justice comes down. Very important article because it shows you that you've been trained to, to feel defenseless. To feel defenseless. Someone asked us now about the control of firearms in Canada and what I know, as far as I know, um, it's really, really difficult now to have control of anything, in fact. And you have to jump through many hoops, apparently, to get your license and keep it and control it and all the rest of it. And when a beer comes for you, you're supposed to be lawfully eaten. Just stand and be lawfully eaten. If someone breaks into your home and he wants to murder you, don't hurt him because he, all the only right you have is to be lawfully murdered. Their job is to come in after the event and, and take it from there. I'm not kidding you. The United Nations also has in their charter that ultimately they will be the only ones and their world police force with the right to use force. So that means anyone coming to kill you, you can't fend them off. And this article I'm going to read is about that. Back with more after this break. Same is true for your CDs. 
If anyone is interested in true history, get Alan CD blurbs, especially if it's easier than reading. I got your 51 blurbs, disc two, and it is so worth the money. And I did want to tell you that things aren't much different in the United States. All, all our, in Pennsylvania, all the cops know how to do is hand out citations for speeding, for illegal parking, for not wearing a seatbelt. It's ridiculous. Yep. But if your home is burglarized, you know, they, nothing is done. Yes. I know, and the training is again to be afraid, and and that the only ones that can do anything about anything to do with violence now are the authorities. You mustn't use it yourself. That's what the training is to do. You see, we're all peons at the bottom. We squabble and argue, and we're a lower class, uh, but we're not so evolved as those at the top. We are the masses at the bottom. But thanks for calling, Megan. You're, you're quite right. That's how it's done, folks. We're getting trained constantly for the roles in the New World Order, and unfortunately, it's working very well. From Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.